Well, welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is March 7th. We're here with you guys hanging out again. Myself, TJ Pittenger, and Richie Barnes. Richie, how was your week? I know how your weekend was. It was rough. We'll get into that later. How are you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm surviving. Uh, <laughs> did, a, did a bachelor party this weekend, and it, it was fairly tame, but still, I, I, I'm not built for for a like three-day bender like I've been on right now. What's funny is you say you were on a three-day bender. You told me you went to bed at like midnight last night. Like I was up later with the kids last night than that. Like, you know, I was expecting you to say like, oh yeah. And then we got in like the strip clubs and we were out party. It was like 4 a.m. And you're like, yeah, I went to bed at midnight after watching the fight. And I'm like, that's not, yeah. that's just the normal night. Like you're not. Like, well, well, you got to think we, we were, we were out of the house at like eight in the morning to play golf all day in the sun drinking. And then, mm. you know, so <laughs> It's it's rough. I'm I'm not built for this. I, I'm definitely not. <laughs> well, uh, Godspeed and a quick recovery. We've got a fun show planned tonight. We've got uh, a special guest that we'll get to in just a moment. But before we get started, I want to remind you that Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. I've been saying that for, what, eight or nine months now, and I forget the Monroe address every single time. So I have to kind of like stall and look up a, an address or whatever. So visit both their locations, get your gut box, double fries, no slaw. Um, Richie, we've got an exciting guest on. We've talked about this. We've we've hyped this. We've previewed it. We had some scheduling things kind of come up and anniversaries and Valentine's Days and different things come up. But we are excited to, and I'm going to grab him real quick and bring him on. We're excited to have Mike Farrell on from Rivals.com. Uh, we've talked a ton about not getting into the minutia of recruiting. Mike was Mike. Help us out here. You were the not, you were the recruiting guy, and now you've kind of moved into not just recruiting, but now you're doing both recruiting and uh, football. How are you doing tonight? Before I guess I get into all that. Good, stuff. doing good. Um, yeah, it's it's a transition. Uh, I'm still, you know following recruiting very closely, but uh, they want me to focus on um, college football, the transfer portal, which is a nightmare, and uh, NFL draft as well. But, I, you know, obviously I can't stop following recruiting and, and all these kids that, you know, the Travis Hunters and Sam McCalls of the world I still talk to and, and follow. We definitely want to get into some of those guys Florida State's putting together. Uh, a pretty good class right now. It's, it's obviously very early and uh, don't want to get sucked into the the Miami of celebrating classes in in, in March, uh, our rivals to the south. But uh, we're excited to chat about that. We talked a little bit off air. I won't I won't go super smoke and mirrors on th- on this. But uh, the next time you're in Tallahassee, I'm gonna need you to. I know you've been. I know that the pandemic makes everything crazy. I'm gonna need you to stop by Guthrie's and get a full a full review and rating. I'm sure you've had something similar, like Zaxby's or Raising Canes or or whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm currently planning. To do that in a, in a probably over the winter, um, I got to get back. And sh- I mean, I, I just went to the doctor last week. I gained 15 pounds in the winter up here. Uh, now, double fries sounds awesome. And, <laughs> and now I'm hungry. And it's just up here. It's dark at 430. It's cold. All you can do is eat and drink. And, um, you know, so that that's really the last thing I need right now. Now. <laughs> When I go back to Tallahassee, if it's in the winter, which I usually go to Florida in December, I didn't this year, uh, I'll definitely check it out. And, and my experiences in Tallahassee, especially at Florida State, have been great. I mean, it's a really great campus. Um, I did get pulled over once by the cops there. I didn't like that. But beyond that, uh, overall, it's been a good experience. We've had good and bad experiences with Tallahassee PD uh, over our years. So. They didn't like me. <laughs> I totally like me get all. it. Um so I want to ask you this. Let's start here from a national perspective. Can you talk to us about Mike Norvell? What the uh, what the perception of of Mike Norvell is? Obviously, comes into you know a massive program like Florida State in the middle of a pandemic after their worst couple of seasons in four decades. And you know, I don't even know how you you could rate a season like twenty twenty or a year like twenty twenty. But what is the the national perspective of of Mike Norvell, what are what are people's thoughts on the direction that he has the program heading? Uh, well, you know, when he was hired, uh, you know, obviously the Memphis program was was going very well, offense there uh, producing. He's got 
a great offensive um, reputation from his days at Arizona State and other places. So, you know, a lot of people felt it would be what is needed because Florida State, you know, defensively people thought they would be okay, at least better than they were last year. They had some injuries, obviously, and and some guys didn't play. But um, but the offense has been the problem. I mean, the quarterback play has been horrible. Uh, the offensive line's been atrocious. And so, you know, they, they wanted an offensive hire. They felt this was the guy. Now everybody thinks there's no chance he's going to turn this program around. When you're talking about the national perspective, they're, they're like, okay, Norvell's going to be out after another year. They're going to have to get another coach. Florida State will never be back, blah, blah, blah. That's the perspective based on the COVID year. Um, I think we have to obviously wait and see. This is his first true recruiting year, and it's still not a true recruiting year because, you know, the spring evaluation is is canceled. Uh, you know, there's no junior days. He can't get out and meet kids. So as a new coach going into a situation where you can't be face-to-face with kids, uh, I couldn't think of a worse situation for a new coach at Florida State. So we got to give him some time. Uh, recruiting's coming around, and we'll see if the play on the field does. Florida State's schedule is not um, very easy. It, it didn't get a lot easier uh, for him this year. They open up with Notre Dame. They go to Clemson, to Florida, to North Carolina, and then they get Miami at home, which that's not a cupcake either. Maybe that's the easiest of the five. I don't know, but that's still not very tough, a team that beat you by like 30 last year. Um, I mean, that could be five losses right there, and Florida State really needs to go six and six, seven and five. Um how good can Florida State be? Are, are, are there is there chance? I mean, obviously Clemson's a, probably a no, but are there chances for upsets along the way? Can they do kind of what they did against North Carolina last year? Or what's all that kind of come down to? I know it's early for it, but what are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, it's never too early to look at the schedule, but you know, it's 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 going to be difficult. Um, you know, Notre Dame. I don't expect to take much of a step back. Uh, you know, they're still who they are, offensive line. They're going to run the football down your throat. And they really bullied Florida State on the line of scrimmage. And, and that's not going to change in one year. Clemson's Clemson. You know, Trevor's gone. Doesn't matter. DJ Wangalele's in. And that offense and defense is just absolutely loaded. So North Carolina with Sam Howell. We see how many points they can put up when they're on. Now they lose quite a bit on offense when it comes to two running backs, but they've still got depth at wide receiver. So that's a tough one too. Miami's going to be difficult if the Eric King's healthy. Uh, Boston College is no uh, easy victory, especially up there in November and, and Florida. So what people have to understand though, I mean, if they, if they have another year, let's say they go four and eight or five and seven or whatever, this is, this was a disaster that he inherited. Um, Willie Taggart inherited what I would call a two car accident. You know, just Jimbo just sort of gave up at the end and just stopped recruiting and he knew it was out. Um, but he turned it into, you know, a 60 car pileup and that's what Mike Norvell is trying to untangle here. So it's going to take more than just a year, uh, a shortened year of COVID. Um, and then one more season and then they're back to Florida State competing with Clemson in their division. That's just not going to happen. They, they, people have to be realistic about it. The problem is Taggart didn't get any time. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on people to say, well, you gave Taggart, you know, one and a half seasons. You got to get rid of Norvell after two. You know, let's move on. And that's the worst thing they could do. Yeah, I certainly don't. I don't see them making – I mean, especially with the pandemic and everything else that they've run into, I don't see them um, making a change that quickly. A bright spot has been the transfer portal. You mentioned that with your kind of workload. I'm sure that made a lot more work for people in your situation. Um, highlighted by McKenzie Milton. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the other transfers in just a second. But if Milton's healthy, and and that's the big if, but if Milton's yep. healthy, what does that do for Florida State? It, it certainly helps. I mean, they need somebody with experience. They need someone with a chip on their shoulder. Milton certainly has that. You know, he was he was an unbelievable uh, football player for UCF in their national championship run, um, air quotes there, but and really hard to, to game plan for, uh, difficult to stop because, you know, he can extend the play. He can do a lot of, uh, you know, Johnny Menzel type of magical things that you don't expect when you think you've got him, you don't. 
that injury was horrific. I don't know how far he's been cleared. Obviously, I don't know how you know much that's going to affect his mobility and 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 everything from his throwing motion to his his arm strength and all that stuff because a lot of that comes from your base. So I really don't know what Mackenzie Milton we're getting. Um, if they're getting the guy that was at UCF, it's going to be a absolute difference maker. It's going to be similar to De'Eric King being plugged in at Miami when they had quarterback problems. Uh, and those problems were solved. And also a lot of offensive problems were solved because you got a guy that that just has that it factor about it. But I just don't know how healthy he is. And I don't think anybody really does. Yeah, I think once we get to the season and we can see that if he is healthy, uh, you know, my take is that he probably puts you uh, – Florida State was just kind of on par with all of the bottom feeder S or ACC teams that they played last year, right? Like they were they were just right there competing with the – and so if, McK if McKenzie's healthy, he maybe elevates you past those teams, right? Like I don't think he does anything for your chances against Clemson or Miami or Notre Dame or Florida – but then when you do play Syracuse and you do play NC State, like that's where you've got a shot to then win those games and, and maybe get to that six and six mark would, would kind of be my take there. Yeah, that's going to be the key. I mean, obviously last year they started off the season losing to Georgia Tech. Um, you, you assume they don't lose to Georgia Tech with quarterback play. Um, you know, they got crushed by a, a, a not very good Louisville team. You assume that, again, with an offense and – and in quarterback play, that's not going to happen. Um, NC State, you know, again, that's a two-touchdown, three-touchdown loss. Now, all those teams aren't on the schedule. The winnable games on the schedule, obviously, Jacksonville State, Wake Forest, Louisville. I mean, you know, we'll see how they rebound, but they were just uh, such a disappointment last year. Syracuse, UMass, NC State. Um, you know, you could say they have a chance to beat Miami. Uh, don't know. We'll see how good Miami is. Obviously, Boston College, they have a chance to beat. Uh, I, I'm penciling in losses to Notre Dame, North Carolina, Clemson, Miami, and Florida. And I know Miami's in Florida are going to tick off a lot of Florida State fans, but you know I'm being realistic about it as a national guy. That's five. You got to win the rest to get to seven and five. Um, Mackenzie Milton is that guy who could make that difference and keep you in games or at least – put you over the top in games that are close with teams like Louisville and, and, you know, NC state. Yeah. And I think if Florida state can get, if they can get to six and six and then win a bowl game or get to seven and five and then win a bowl game, which that's not a guarantee by any means, you know, and, and the, the path of losing those five and winning out seems rather daunting because you almost always lose to somebody you're not supposed to, whether you're, Florida State or Florida, right? Like they lost a couple of games they shouldn't have last year. And so right. the path probably more so looks like you need to upset North Carolina or Miami because you're probably going to drop one other one along the way to a Louisville, to an, somebody at Boston College up north. So um, not only Milton, Norvell brought a lot of guys in in the transfer portal. Kier Thomas from South Carolina, Jermaine Johnson, Georgia, Jamie Robinson, South Carolina, Brandon Moore, UCF coming off of an injury in 2019. And then Jarquez McKellen from Arkansas, some big time SEC talent, right? Transfer portal is not always a sure thing. Who is who out of that list of transfers that Florida State brought in, other than Milton, should Florida State fans be excited about? Um, Jamie Robinson is a guy who I think has a lot of talent. Uh, they can plug in, you know, obviously they lose a bit in the secondary. Um, so they needed to target defensive backs that could play immediately. Uh, he's one that stands out to me. Kier Thomas, um, you know, I I've obviously saw him a lot more out of high school than, than we got to see him in college, but he has, he has length, he has talent. He's, he's got that, um, you know, ability to bend around the edge and, and, you know, at least affect the passer. And DJ Williams is another one who, you know, kind of blew up late in his recruitment. Um, and everybody thought he was going to be an absolute home run, you know, sort of a high three-star home run for Auburn and a good fit for them. Um, I think he's an exciting running back and is going to help that offense quite a bit there too. And you have to be excited about the the young offensive linemen too. They had two true freshmen last year that played, did very well, um, you know, and, and they'll be leaders and, and a little bit better next season. So, you know, there's talent on the team and, 
you know, Florida could be upset too. I mean, they lost everybody uh, on offense, at least they lost all their receivers and their quarterback. And, 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 you know, that's never helpful. And their offensive line hasn't been that great either. Um, but you're right. They do have to pull an upset here or there, you know, get North Carolina uh, and, and get their offense on a flat day or, you know, uh, take care of a rivalry game against Miami or, or, or Florida and, and upset them. And as you said, it can be done. Uh, I mean, there's no way LSU should have beaten Florida last year with their team. They, they had, I don't know, 60 scholarship kids traveling with them, most of them young, started as true freshman quarterback and still beat Florida. So you just don't know what can happen in college football. Um, but I, I do like the additions in the portal. They're risky, though. You know, kids are in the portal for a reason. Either, yeah. you know, either their coach left or they're coming off of an injury or they they just didn't get the playing time they want to. And, you know, it's hit or miss. It's not as bad as JUCO, but it's it's a risky proposition. You don't want to have eight guys on your roster impacting immediately from the transfer portal if you can avoid it. Um, but Florida State has no choice. Um, you mentioned Florida. I want to ask about them, and then I'll hand it off to Richie. Uh, what Florida did obviously lose a Heisman Trophy finalist in in Trask, lost Pitts, lost Tony. You know their biggest playmakers on offense now gone. Um, are you hearing anything out of just kind of keeping an eye on the rivals? And now there's some some chatter about uh, Mullen not naming a starter between Richardson and, and Jones until later when it kind of seemed like that's been Jones's job for like three years, just kind of like wait on any thoughts on how good Florida will, will be this year. Um, is the defense going to get any better? Cause that was certainly, that is the most prolific offense they've had since Tebow. Right. And, and the defense cost them a lot of games down the stretch. So thoughts on Florida and then I'll pass it off to Richie. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of question marks there, you know. I mean, obviously, you had a great offense and a, a receiver group that was very, very deep and explosive. The running game was horrible. Uh, the offensive line wasn't very good when it came to run blocking. Um, the defense was disorganized, but Grantham's back, and a lot of people thought he wouldn't be, and, and that's probably not a good thing for Florida <clears throat> unless he shows that he can, he can get that defense uh, to the next level. Emory Jones is – a talented kid. They, they ran him all the time. He's a passer. I mean, he's got a really good arm, flick of the wrist type of cannon, um, but he's inaccurate. And he got more inaccurate through his high school career, which was kind of like a little red flag for us. We had him as a five. We dropped him to a four because his accuracy just, you know, fell. And he hasn't had too many game reps where he's thrown the ball a lot. So I can see why the competition's open. Uh, both guys can run. Uh, and are dangerous, uh, but you know, can they get in rhythm and 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 put the passing game on their back without wide receivers that are you know established? So I think Florida takes a step back, and they were eight and four last year. But you got to remember that was also all SEC schedule. There weren't any cupcakes in there, so they could still win eight games. But to me, they they could take a step back in the East there and susceptible to losing games. Now, the bad part for Florida State is they're getting them at the end of the season. Uh, I think they're going to be susceptible early. So, Mike, looking ahead to, you know, 2022 class, obviously Travis Hunter's the guy all Florida State fans are, are super excited about. Uh, seems like the kind of a like Derwin James type field where, you know, Mike Norvell would really have to mess up to, to not get his signature. Uh, just what do you guys think uh, of Travis Hunter from a national level? And, you know, I think you guys have him at number 12 in the country right now. Is, is he, he a good chance to finish in the top 10? Yeah, I mean, he, he blew up at the the pylon out in uh, Arizona. I always want to say Vegas, but it moved to Arizona this year because of COVID. He, he blew up the weekend before we released our rankings, but it was the weekend after we had already met and, and locked him in. So, you know, uh, Travis is very vocal as far as complaining about his ranking. And, uh, you know, he's he's been a guy that to, to follow me and unfollow me and follow me and unfollow me. And, and you know, he's I, I, I hit him up and I said, you know, listen, the pylon evaluation goes into our next one, which I think is coming out in May. Uh, he's a top five player in the country. I don't know. I think he's a better wide receiver than he is a defensive back. But, you know, I mean, Derwin James, if he wanted to, could have played wide receiver and been dominant as well. Um, Travis isn't as physical as Derwin, but 
He's he's much better offensively. He, he's a little bit more of a leaper, uh, you know, a little bit longer um, when it comes to catch radius and stuff. It's going to be interesting because he's going to get on campus and there's going to be a fight. You know, whether he plays offense or defense, the offense coordinator, defense coordinator are going to wrestle it out and see. Um, you know, I think a playmaker like him could, could play both ways, too. And I, I hope Norvell and his staff are thinking about that because he's just a very, very special football player. Top five player in the country to me uh, when all is said and done. Yeah, we're, we're definitely spoiled to have him. And then, um, you know, last week, Florida State fans kind of got a surprise with Sam McCall committed to Florida State, the former uh, UF commit. And what, what are we looking at him? Because him, if Travis Hunter does play on the defensive side of the ball, that's quite a haul right there for a defensive back class. Yeah, and that's the way it used to be. I mean, when, you, when you'd have the, the Jalen Ramseys and the Derwin James and, you know, uh, guys like that, that, you know, just – the, the defensive back mentality of I want to play and practice with the best and, and become the best. And I think that, you know, I don't think Travis had anything to do with Sam's commitment. And, and you know, if I'm a Florida State fan, I'm holding my breath until December um, <laughs> because this is commit number two. And when there's commit number two, there's always a possibility for commit number three. But if they can hold on to him, he's a 6'3", you know, potential – linebacker down the line. I mean, he's such, such a big frame kid. Um, but I think he's going to be a strong who's going to just be eight, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, kill you in the run game, uh, play well against uh, the pass as well. And then, you know, if Travis decides that defense is where he wants to be, he'll be that long lockdown corner and, you know, they'll have, they'll have uh, a really good start to an amazing defensive backfield. Yeah, and looking at the other side of the ball, you know, uh, we got Nico Marchio locked in pretty early. Uh, I think it's no secret Florida State's looking to take a second one. Uh, one name that pops up is A.J. Duffy. Where, where's Florida State stand with him, and what's up with Norvell and these uh, these Arizona quarterbacks? Well, you know, he's, he's well-known in Arizona. I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of connections out there from his days at Arizona State. He was a tremendous recruiter when he was at Arizona State, uh, very active guy. He was one of our top 25 recruiters in the country back when he was nobody before he, you know, got the Memphis job and became uh, super famous. He's, he's actually a great guy. He's, he's been very good to us uh, at Rivals. And, and Nico um, is, a, is an important part of this class because he's out there recruiting everybody. I mean, he's talking to everybody, and as a quarterback, you need that. Uh, A.J. Duffy, there's a lot of talk of him going to Arizona State. Um, you know, you got Jane Daniels, and, and, it, and, you know, that offense is, is, is a nice fit for him, um, and he would probably be the only quarterback they take in this class or at least highly ranked like him. But if they can get both of those guys – uh, you know, their quarterback room was a disaster, obviously. Uh, and you need bodies. Um, whether they transfer out, who cares? Take two yep. and figure it out. And if one wants to leave, okay. But, uh, you know, right now I'm hearing Duffy more Arizona State than Florida State, but it's it's still in play for the Seminoles to, to land him. Just from a from uh we've kind of talked some specific recruits just from a macro perspective um does this speak i mean norvell's done a fairly good job in the portal he's got florida state with a couple of five stars uh early composite five stars here early are you shocked i know it's march right so i know that we're not trying to go too crazy but are you surprised with Norvell doing pretty well in the portal and recruiting 2022, even though it has been a 60 car pileup, as you said, not necessarily his 60 car pileup, but he's the one pulling people from the jaws of life. Right. So like, are you surprised by that or, uh, you know, that just who I'm Norvell is surprised by McCall, you know, that was a surprise because, you know, I had talked to a few people close to him and, and again, this is why I say, you know, hold on to him. Yeah, for dear yeah. life, because, you know, right before he committed to Florida State, he came out and told us Florida State was his leader. And I was like, he's lying. That's not true. <laughs> because, you know, th there's a certain team up in the Big Ten, you know, with a guy named Ryan Day that he likes a lot. And, and you know, they've talked to him a lot. Now, the the advantage of a pandemic is, you know, kids can't get out as much as they used to. And Miami really took advantage of that last year with 
with Williams and Taylor and some of those guys at South Florida that I think might have gone elsewhere. I think Florida State could do that this year, too. And I think that's what you're seeing. So McCall was a surprise. Hunter, not a surprise. Obviously, he's been committed forever. Um, you know, Markiel, not a surprise either. You know, we knew he was taking his little tour and, and, and Florida State was where he was going to end up. So uh, Mike Norvell can recruit. Florida State should be recruiting at a top 10 level. It's just the record, you know, over the last few seasons um, has changed everything. You know, I'm so used to plugging in a Bobby Bowden class in the top five as he closes with eight kids on signing day or, you know, a Jimbo Fisher in the top five as he just, you know, rolls up and down the East Coast and takes who he wants. Now I, I just I'm, I'm just waiting to see what is next for Florida State. And sometimes it's a surprise like McCall and, and sometimes it's a disappointment and it's just a very difficult job. So I'm surprised that they have these two high level kids committed so early uh, Hunter, not so much, but McCall. Yes. And I think that's going to help them in state move forward, but they're going to have to recruit these kids as if they're uncommitted, even Hunter. I mean, everybody on earth. I just talked to two college head coaches from major programs. I mean, both of these head coaches won their power five conference this past season. And they are infatuated with Travis Hunter and they are not going to stop coming after him and nobody will. So if they do have like a four and eight season or something like that, it's going to be very, very important for them to hold on to these guys because this is the future. Um, this season doesn't matter. It, it would help if they go six and six, seven and five, go to a bowl. That'd be great. This recruiting class matters. This is the most important recruiting class Florida State has had in a long, long time. How much of the – I mean, you know these kids. You 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 chat with them quite often. As fans, you know, we always think that the, the wins and losses do matter. for. How much does the – do the wins and losses matter, though? Like, what does Florida State need to do record-wise to keep both of them? Or can they just recruit them – really hard and well and go four and eight or five and seven or, or do they, is there like a floor? Like, is it like, man, if you don't go seven and five or six and six, like you guys got to watch it, you know, how much of that does matter um, for keeping the recruiting class? Depends on the kid. Um, it also depends on the level of negative recruiting, which is out there and will never stop. And it also depends on if we're going to have in-home visits after December 1st uh, in this recruiting cycle, because we didn't have it last year. Um, and that December period, right before the early signing period, when when coaches can go into your house and they can flash, you know, national title, you know, rings or, or conference championship rings or tell you everything bad about, you know, Florida State that you want to hear and everything good about their program. It can really, really sway a kid. Official visits are the same thing if we have those. Uh, and it looks like hopefully we might in June and then into the season. Um, but the NCAA hasn't figured that out yet. That's where you really get scared. Um, you know, last year we never had any of that. And, and you know, there, there were kids that just never took additional visits after March. And, you know, we always waited for them to try to get out and take those visits and they couldn't. Or if they did, it was unhosted. Um, you know, on their own dime, it just, it was, it was a different year. So I think a lot of this depends on how the pandemic affects recruiting moving forward. Now, Travis Hunter gives me no impression of a kid that's going to decommit from Florida state. So I don't want people, you know, thinking I'm starting rumors on that. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, it's not like Duke is pounding down his door. I mean, these, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking Clemson, Alabama. We're talking, you know, Ohio State. We're talking every team in the country that's won a national championship over the last many years wants this kid and sees how special he is. Uh, and and that always worries me if I, if I'm a fan of a program that has a kid committed like that. You, you mentioned, you know, he he is very vocal for Florida State on uh, you know Twitter and social media. You know, I, I think back to Jimbo Fisher's 2010 class when he got a, you know, the commitment from Lamarcus Joyner and then Jeff Luke. And, you know, Jimbo would always talk about that's what turned the program around. Could a Travis Hunter and, you know, maybe a Sam McCall, if he sticks, 
could that be a duo like a LaMarcus Joyner and Jeff Luke that, you know, turns this program around for the better for Mike Norvell? It, it certainly could help. I mean, um, you know, it sends a message and, and the message is, I believe, and, and there hasn't been a whole lot of belief in Florida State from recruits, um, you know, for a long time. I mean, we're talking probably the, the Marvin Wilson class. Um, you know, it, it's been a while since you've really seen them. You know, we used to cover junior days and summer camps, Florida State, and it was four and five star kids. And, and then I remember, you know, when things started going bad, it was like, you know, and, and this isn't anything against three stars. Three, three stars have been devalued because there's just too many people ranking three stars. Everybody's just yeah. giving everybody a three star. <laughs> Um, you know, but when I see, you know, three star such and such with offers from, you know, NC state and wake forest and, you know, likes Florida state, it just, it rings odd to me. Um, and Hunter and McCall have everybody in the country after them. And if they stick, it sends a message to the rest of the state of Florida that I believe, um, even if a kid from Georgia, uh, even though he's close to Florida, um, it, it, so, yes, it can send that momentum going. Um, and I can't say that it's going to turn things around. I mean, that Florida State program in 2010 was in a little bit of a different shape than, you know, we are now for Florida State. Uh, they weren't great, but they weren't this bad. So I don't know. I, <laughs> they can be, but it depends on if other kids buy in. Mike, Pearl, thank you so much for hanging out. Where can people follow you, find your work, uh, check out more of what you've got going on? Um, basically, give, give yourself some plugs here while we're on. Yeah, the, the first place <laughs> they can go is war, warchant.com, which is our Florida State site, obviously. Um, you know, everybody knows about that. Rivals.com, um, writing stuff on the front page. I'll be doing stuff on uh, – actually, tomorrow I'm doing a D-tackle evaluation for the NFL draft and the – sad story of Marvin Wilson a little bit. Um, I'm not going to write an article about it, but just he, he's not plugged into my top five at defensive tackle, which is amazing to me uh, as we thought about heading into last season. Um, Rivals Mike on Twitter, Rivals Godfather on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm the oldest, <laughs> I'm the oldest man on TikTok. It's you dance? fun though, man. Do you dance got, on there? What's that? Do you dance on there? No. no. Oh, God. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, no. What they have, they have this cool thing. It's a green screen, so you can pop a picture of Marvin Wilson behind my ugly head, and I could talk, you know? And, oh, yeah. and Instagram doesn't have that, so then you got to see my helmets in the background. And um, they got other things, too, where you can you could talk over videos and stuff like that. So I, I really like the technology, but, but I'm getting called, you know, an absolute – jackwad by 13 year old kids <laughs> that's a little much to take um but i'm on there rivals godfather if you want to follow me on there but uh i'm used to the 40 to 50 year olds living in their mom's basement calling me uh names much less than the 13 year olds but i don't care as long as people are following what i'm doing then i guess i'm, I'm doing okay the uh, thirteen-year-olds that kick my tail and like video get like Madden and NCAA and all that, like they all just cuss me out too because I'm so bad that you know they're, they're like bastards. What are you bastards. Doing? They're the worst. <laughs> they're cocky I'm bastards. Like, I chase two toddlers around all day. You know, finally sit down and play a video game at night. And I got thirteen-year-olds cussing me out, and calling me names. Yeah. And, you suck, and I'm like, dude, I'm trying. They're probably <laughs> killing you. Too. They're probably killing yeah. you for fun. Yeah, I, I, I have a life. I get to play like one game a week, you know, and they're just like they're on it all day. So anyway, thanks so much for hanging out. You guys go follow Mike on uh, follow him on TikTok first, but then everywhere else that he mentioned. Is, oh, <laughs> Mike, thanks for hanging out, man. When you're in Tallahassee, let us know, man. Guthrie's on us. Double fries, man. I'm, right, I'm getting fatter <laughs> just thinking about it. I love it. <laughs> thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. No problem. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate Mike for coming on again. Rivals Mike on Twitter, Rivals Godfather. Sounded like everywhere else. Go check him out, rivals.com, warchant.com, or the Florida State site for Rivals. Uh, Richie, you've had a rough weekend. You weren't the only one to have a rough weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a good weekend. You just kind of overdid it, and you're old now. So um, <laughs> you weren't the only one to have a rough weekend.
we will just start with this. We'll start with a hungover, toned down, <laughs> short. It was a good, it was, it was an easy edit. Uh, I'm hoping I can have three wins for next week for this, because that would mean we win the ACC championship. Um, I, I didn't care about the conference tournament prior to this weekend. And now uh, I care a whole lot about same. it. I'm like, I, I want us to win this freaking thing. I just didn't care at all. Um, but it's not the, the regular season accolades were not what I cared about either. We'll talk about those on the other side of Richie's basketball minute. It was senior night Wednesday at the TLC Double C as the fight and ham bones played host to the Boston College Eagles. And it started off classless as could be with the Vipers taking the first few minutes. BC would keep it close early playing FSU close down just 16 to 17 early, but that would not be the last. From there, the Tribe would go on a 9 to 1 run, capped off by a big balsa Copra Beach, a free throw putting the good guys ahead for good. But on senior night, this day at the Tuck would belong to the former Burger Boy, the magnificent MJ Walker, who was hitting bombs regularly, channeling his inner Bryson to Shambo at Bay Hill. That's right, MJ was on fire from deep, connecting six times from distance, leading Florida State with 18 points. The game was never really close, with the Knolls soaring to a 29 point win, 93-64. From there, the Tribe would go on the road to play the Catholics, and Florida State was taken to mass. Unfortunately, falling 83-73 in South Bend, the Knolls locked up the number two seed in this week's ACC tournament, taking place in Greensboro, North Carolina, one week before Selection Sunday. Florida State starts the week in basketball well with uh, their game against Boston College. I put in a pick for Florida State uh, to cover the 19-point spread. I wasn't super confident, but I did take Florida State to cover the 19-point spread, and I was a little nervous early. I know the I know the Caucasians were like, I get it, but like a <laughs> little nervous. I was like, okay, Ham, like I put in a pick for this. Like let's not screw it up. Uh, Florida State rolls to a very easy victory on Wednesday. And then yesterday, I – I didn't catch the first half. I know you didn't either. You told me you caught the last 10 minutes. I did fall out of my phone and talking with Harlan, who I miss Harlan here. I miss Harlan being on the show. I'm, I'm kind of take Harlan, get back here, please. We need um, to get some internet. <laughs> yeah. Buy a house and get some internet. So, um, just look flat. Not great. I'm going to watch the highlights later. Second half, I did watch a good bit of it. Florida State made it close a couple of times, got it down to even a, a four-point game and had the yeah. ball two possessions in a row with just about two minutes to go. A couple of turnovers uh, ended up doing them in. Had a wide-open lane and a, a pass to Scotty Barnes who was wide, under, wide open underneath, and we clanged it off of his leg. That would have put FSU down by two with just under two minutes to go. And I think at that point, it's probably anybody's game. But Florida State, you can't go down by 17, 18 points in the first half and be on the road in the ACC and expect to come back and win. They almost did, which it got exciting late, but just could not do enough um, to pull off the comeback. Upsetting, because you definitely wanted that second straight ACC, but back-to-back not good showings on Saturday, right? They, they really should have beat UNC the week before. And they definitely should have beaten Notre Dame. I think the UNC loss is a little bit more forgivable, but uh, definitely should have beaten uh, Notre Dame yesterday. So it's frustrating, but if you go three and zero this week, we'll we'll forgive everything and we'll forget about it. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll edit every podcast where Richie says the regular season tournament's more important and harder. And everything. I'll just edit all that out of the old podcast, and we'll we'll pretend like that didn't yeah, happen. So, and I still definitely feel that way. So uh, you know, shout out to Virginia. You know that they played more ACC games, but they, they, you know, they did what they had to do it. They were only favored by one and a half at Louisville yesterday. And, um, you know, I was, I was watching the game after Florida state lost, like we got back to the Airbnb and I'm like, all my friends, there's like 10 of us at the house. Like, why do you care about Louisville, Virginia? I'm like, cause Florida state lost. Like I gotta see this game. And then of course, you know, Louisville lets us down, but at the same time that there's a chance Florida state is looking at, UNC, then Duke, then Virginia to win the ACC uh, championship in the tournament. And that'd be a phenomenal, like, that'd be like Brady going to, you know, Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes back to back to back. So, uh, you know, it's disappointing. And I say on here every single week, road games in the ACC are tough, man. They are tough to win. You could be playing the worst team and it's it's going to be 
brutal. And you go down 17 in the first half, like Florida state did that, that you know, at that point just to get within four in the second half was, was great. But you know, I, I had that feeling watching those final 10 minutes. We, we ended up at the alehouse in Florida state. It was always, man, they're going to get close. You say they're, ended, you they're say just ended, not going to get over that hope. What's you that? say you say ended up at the alehouse. Like you didn't like purposely. Oh, we just ended up there. Like, I don't know how this happened, but. Well, you know, we, so we, so it, no, it was a bachelor party. So we played golf both days. And like, I purposely went out in the first group on uh Saturday and uh, there's that nail house right at the end of the road of the golf course. So like, I'm like, I told everybody, Hey, we need lunch. Let's go to alehouse. And in my mind, I'm like, I got to watch the end of this game. And then I wish I hadn't. Um, yeah. Frustrating. Again, you watched them come back and you thought like, Oh, okay, they'll do it. They'll come back and win. And then, uh, Virginia was beating the heck out of Louisville and you kind of thought like, Oh, well that's over. And then Louisville made it really, really close late and couldn't get the win either. So it was frustrating, but again, try and win your, your games this weekend and, uh, and see what happens. I like us, you know, I mean, I'd love to play Duke. I'd love to, to, yeah. to get Duke. I don't think it happens. They're so terrible. They'll probably be one and done, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'd, I'd love to avoid UNC. Um, what does that but I, but that it may end up being what it comes down to. I think, I, I think Louisville is is who will play. I mean, if I had to guess right now, I think it'll be Louisville, right? Is that is that the three options you said, Louisville? Yeah. So I think so. Well, we get the double by being a top four seed. So I think our first game would be either either Louisville or North Carolina. I believe I, I'd have to double check the bracket. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Now, Louisville, Duke, Boston. Louisville plays Duke and Boston College. So I think that's how it would work so out. So it could be Duke, then North Carolina, then Virginia in an ideal situation. And I, like yeah. you said, I, I almost, I'd, I'd rather not play Carolina, but it would be nice to, you know, get the rubber match and beat them and go on to, you know, win their second ACC tournament going back so, to 2012, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so Florida State will play the winner of Louisville versus Duke or Boston College, probably looking at Louisville there. Um, and then the semifinal will probably be Virginia Tech, but obviously an outside chance that North Carolina upsets VT. Um, and then I, I think it's pretty clear we would play Virginia on the other side. Um, I don't really see another team doing enough to upset them maybe Clemson gets hot but I you know I but I don't know I think it, yeah. I think it'd be Virginia uh which I'd be fine with I think a match a rematch against Virginia would would be great yeah. um so it's exciting let's uh bracketology still saying like a three or four right you know yeah I, 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 I think four is probably the four um you know if they, if they win two games this week they'll probably lock in a three seed but I think the four is our floor and then you just want to avoid Gonzaga's bracket if you're the four seed because you know, yeah. Baylor, Baylor has shown they're a little vulnerable. Michigan, Ohio State, the other teams being considered for a one seed. None of them scare me quite like Gonzaga does. Um, so I would I'd feel OK if, you know, we're a four seed in any bracket outside of Gonzaga's uh, bracket. Yeah, for sure. Love to get up to a three by winning these next three games. Yeah. Um, three is the absolute ceiling, you think, even if we go three, no, most likely, I, I think in the net we're. 13th or 14th right now which is what the NCAA you know they that's what they use mainly for their rankings kind of like the BCS back uh, when we had that you know going back to 2013 era but yeah I, I I think three like the top three seeds probably are ceiling and I think the bottom four seeds are floor so it, we should be right in there if, if I had to guess right now and I think we got a big announcement coming up uh, for next week with selection Sunday coming up so we'll, we'll save that for we'll call that a teaser in the biz here we do excited for that all right i'm gonna take you around the horn and then we are going to wrap this thing up women's basketball lost a heartbreaker to cues uh on thursday i believe it was florida state had a big lead uh syracuse slowly whittled it away um shot an absolutely terrible air ball after fumbling the ball nearly out of bounds and it fell right into uh, it went way past the basket fell right into uh a rebounder's hands for Syracuse. A girl laid it right up and in, and they won. Florida State played pretty good defense on the play, got them to not only fumble the ball nearly out of bounds, forced an awful shot, and just a little bit of bad luck um, gives Syracuse the win. Florida State's women's team is looking like an eight or a nine, according to Bracketology. 
So, you know, game one in the tournament will be a tough one. Game two in the tournament will be a really tough one against a, a one seed. But I'm excited to see uh, the Florida State women have a tournament berth and have a chance to win uh, a game there. Softball split with UF. They lost on Friday in Gainesville. Uh, Florida hit three home runs, I believe. One was a three or four run homer. Uh, Florida State was never close in the game. And then on Saturday, got revenge in Tallahassee, winning, I don't know, it was like 62, 72, yeah. um, 90 something. They blew them out. So split there. Baseball won an ACC series. Maybe they're getting back on the right track. They won Friday and Saturday, lost today by one. Had a chance with the bases loaded in the eighth inning, no outs, could not push across a run. Um, even with the bases loaded and no outs. And then beach volleyball upset number one LSU yesterday, number 11 FAU, and number 19 Georgia State. Those weren't upsets today, but beat three ranked teams in the last 48 hours. They are 10 and 0. And I think you're looking at a new number one team tomorrow when the polls come out. Florida State goes uh, to 10 and 0 after beating number one LSU, number 11 FAU, and number 19 Georgia State over the weekend. Uh, there's your real quick update on what's going around, what's going on around Florida State. Richie's hung over and ready to get out of here. We've been on for about 45 minutes. Richie, do you have anything else, or do you just want to run to shout outs, or do you just want to run to your bed? Oh, I'm I'm going right to bed after this. Like I said, I am not built for uh you know, we, we took Thursday off, me and the wife, to go to Bay Hill to watch it, you know, Arnold Palmer Invitational, which was awesome, by the way. So it's a PGA event with 25% capacity. So there was no lines for anything. Um, and then it was just like a golf weekend with the 10, 11 guys. We had a blast. Um, shout out Cody getting married here in the next uh, three weeks. But yeah, I'm I'm about done. I'm out of, I'm out of gas for this weekend, TJ. So your shout outs for Cody. I don't know if I have any shout outs. Shout out my wife last week for our anniversary. That happened. We did it. Um Tomorrow on 3-8, I guess today, if you're listening to this in audio format, um, my wife and I got engaged eight years ago on 3-8. So I guess I'll just give her the double shout out. Shout out to her uh, for putting up with me for at least that long. And then we dated a couple years before that. So um, yeah, that's all I got. Check out the Big 3 Roll-Up. You can get all kinds of double fries, no slaw, and different merch on their website, big3rollup.com. Also, I started a new podcast, Bourbon on a Budget, if you are into any kind of whiskey that is not scotch. If you're into scotch, <laughs> check it out so you can get off of that stuff. Um, corn and rye-based whiskeys is primarily what we chat about. So check those out. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Oh, I, I, mean, I missed this last week. I nearly missed it this week. Hey, we've had all these coaches on the last few weeks. Number one beach volleyball team in the country. Sports are at an all-time high. Football's struggling, but sports are at an all-time high at Florida State. Football recruiting's doing really well right now, though. So recruiting's uh, killing it. You just had Mike on to talk to you about it. Go check out Seminole Boosters. If you haven't signed up to contribute yet, your tax refund's coming through. Your stimulus is about to come through. Sign up for five dollars a month. I don't know if they pass that thing or not, but if your stimulus comes through, sign up for five dollars a month. Make a one-time donation. Whatever you need to do to be a booster and contribute to the program that we all know and love. That's my last shout out. Richie, did you pick the song last week or did I? I think you did. I think I did. I, and I'm so mad because I was ready to go with Drake back to back for Florida State. So I, oh. I have no song. I'll let you run with it because I, I am furious about how that, that season ended. So I don't know what the song will be, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you here next week. Go